to Lakota, like when they were catching uh, uh, eagles for uh, feathers, you know. I'll usually they'd send out one of the young men that's doing the vision quest, so he'd already be starving and kind of like tripping out from starvation. But they had a special lodge that instead of having skins on it, it was bark, but it was, you know, teepee. And then basically you dig a hole, and you have a jackrabbit pelt stuffed with hay, and then you like dig a hole and like you're in covered with sticks and leaves and shit. And, and then when the eagle comes, you grab it by the talons and just start ripping out tail feathers. So basically while it, it lands on you. Yeah, and then it's, it's really pissed because you're yanking out all its tail it's feathers. Ta- not all of them, but enough to get your, get the job done. There, there's that's uh, kind of cool. Like they're. I think we like, talked about that right, before at the Heritage Center. They ha- at the Heritage Center they have a recreation of that. It's creepy because it's just like a golden eagle, like going wings like caca wings out, and then there's like this dead rabbit, and then if you look, there's just these two human hands grasping the. <laughs> The eagles, we all shanks. Holy fuck! And that used to scare the shit out of my sisters. Like, ah, the eagle has human hands. Like, no, no. grabbing. But that's what it's depicting. But, cool. How do you catch a manimal though? Uh, we went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. Over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped. And the USA. USA. Oh, you got bit by a snake? Suck out the poison and give yourself a good mouth infection, and or uh, you know, spit in your wound infection, and also ingest your own blood and snake poison, which is great for you. <laughs> Then put a tourniquet on it as tight as possible so you're sure to lose that limb. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of shitty survival tactics, uh, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. If you were with us last week, uh, we did part one of the Donner Party. Yeah. And now we're kind of getting to where... Where shit's getting kind of real for the intrepid pioneers on their way to... Yeah, where were we uh, last time? We lit a tree on fire. We were, we're staying in we're a... We're by Truckee Lake, I think. Yeah. yeah and just we, a few miles from the pass they need to get over. We, we found a shite cabin, but uh, yeah, unfortunately... the Cabin with no doors or windows. Yeah, and a flat roof, which is always great for snow. Yep, snow up to your waist. And, and, then, and then also, yeah, the, the pass is pretty much blocked with snow and is going to be for the remainder of probably the next... What eight months? The mm-hmm. remainder of most of these people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll let, we'll kick it off with this Comic Sans and lovely NPR voice. You're welcome. I did it that time. Okay, uh, November third. Uh, Sarah Graves awoke to the sound of shouting. Ah! It was Louis Kiesberg. Oh, it's Louis C.K. <laughs> it was Louis Kiesberg's <laughs> fucking phone. Yeah, he was getting many text messages. Uh, he thought he was alone, but he was shouting at shapes moving underneath the snow. Oh, like underneath tr- the like, snow, like tremors. Yeah, yep. They got motherfucking so tremors. Now up they there. have tremors. <laughs> yeah, something else to deal. See, with. Everybody blames the Donner Party for being incompetent, but it was actually the tremor. Yeah. The graboids got him. That's right. And they they blew the first one up, but then they ran out of dynamite. We killed it. Fuck you! <laughs> no, he was just hallucinating. Oh. <laughs> you brought mushrooms up here and you're not fucking sharing them with me, you dick. <laughs> so now real terror set in, so they either Ooh. have to move forward on foot 
and risk exposure or try to wait it out and probably starve. They gathered uh, the mules as, and as many oxen as they could find and fight their way back up the mountain. Because in the dead of winter always go further up the mountain. Mm-hmm. But of course, fresh snow filled up their trail. Uh, and then they make it back to the lake at 4 p.m. Then a new storm rolled in that night, and it snowed for eight days straight after that. It's almost Jesus like they Christ. should have just stayed where the fuck they were and built some better sheltery type items. Yep. Although they do have, uh, at least they got clean water now. They're not drinking that fucking till sulfur. Until the, the fucking lake freezes shit. over. Well, you snow, scoop up the snow. That's a terrible, inefficient way to do it. You got to melt twice as much snow. Like It's better to just either melt ice or just chip a hole in the ice and get water. Really? The snow is like, what, 60% air? Because well, it's... You can't live without air, dude. Oh, yeah. Just, whatever. Duh. I mean, yeah, you can do it, but the thing you don't do is pop, like, honks of snow in your mouth, just oh, let yeah. it melt and shit. Lowers your body body temperature, hurts the inside of your mouth, yeah. but that's making you not want to do it anymore, and you're getting very little water per... Yeah, and you're burning more calories, and you don't have fucking food to... Right. Like, like I was saying, the... Uh, the, a while back, I was talking about the the first Russians to get to Antarctica. They were like, like back a long time ago. But they're talking about how like, oh yeah, to keep your like keep your calorie count up so that you can like keep your body heat up. They're just eating like three sticks of butter a day yeah. on top of your normal fucking whatever you're eating. But mm. yeah, it's like three times a day. You just gotta like gut an entire fucking stick of butter. Fucking hey, let's do it right now. <laughs> I I just did actually. That's why I went oh. to the bathroom. <laughs> And will continue to do so <laughs> for the time being. Uh, the Donner brothers were still lagging behind. One of their wagons overturned and it trapped their little girls in the wreckage and also broke an axle. How fast you got to be going to flip a fucking wagon over, dude? Oh, uh, if you're trying to, well, if you're trying to Tokyo side, side hill of 40, you know. If you're clinging to the side of a damn mountain, and yeah. I just imagine like put it this way. Check this out, man! I can get up on two wheels. This is going to sound ridiculous, <laughs> but I've seen wagons on their sides. Yeah, I mean in, in person because I used to do that wagon train shit. Like when I was a kid, I've told you about that. They do we do a trail trail riding wagon wagon train shit every. And that was, it was not usually very late in summer because it get too hot. It was usually in kind of springtime. And it was like a bunch of people. That so you do Oregon that Trail reenactment, kind of, but just around North Dakota, like around Southwest North Dakota. But we, you know, my that folks, we didn't, we fun. didn't have a wagon, but we'd have horse. You know, we'd ride our horses. And our neighbor Art had a, a team of two horses and a, just a box wagon with no canvas. Mm-hmm. But he'd haul like our camping shit in the wagon, and we'd ride, we'd outride with him. There's a couple times he just rode, but. You know, and his had, like, the traditional wooden-ass wheels. Yeah. You know, he'd winch it up onto a trailer. We'd haul his horses. You know, we'd meet up and hook up. But there would, you know, usually be, like, 20, 30 wagons of varying rallies. A lot of people converted theirs over to have rubber wheels, which is a hell of a lot more convenient. They'd literally just That's put kind of a car cool, tires on it. It's kind of a cool look. I'm thinking about, it, like, it, a, it looked dumber than shit. A Conestogo wagon with some fucking steely, That's like, absolutely. Steely, no, no, steelies some, and rubber tires. Sometimes with hubcaps. Sometimes with white walls. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. I've never heard this story. One of these guys, he had a kind of a cool one. It was like a regular box-type wagon painted bright red, and I just remember he had a team of these little mules. They were, like, burrow-sized mules. <laughs> I, I can't remember if he had, like, six, six or eight of these little boxes. So fox. it's straight up like the Borax box? Kind of, but they were little. Like, they're like Shetland pony size. They were little fucking mules. What the fuck? But his wagon was kind of slammed because it was on pretty, you know, like, almost like VW, VW bus tires, they looked sure. like. 
And those little bastards could pull. Like, that That thing very seldom got stuck, whereas a lot of times you'd have to, like, do like we're talking about instead of double team, anybody with a lasso, you hook onto the front of a fucking wagon and help the teams pull them up. I mean, it was some no fucking around stuff. We'd wow. go out in the Badlands and stuff. Like, it, it, yeah. Could you imagine if the people that we're talking about on this episode could look into the future and be like, you just you do, do this for fucking fun, fun yeah. you stupid bastards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I probably, shit, I was probably like eight the first year I did it, and I think we did it till I was like 12. Holy shit. Yeah. But it was a lot easier just being an outrider. I mean, you'd get saddle sore as fuck. You'd ride miles and miles and miles every yeah. day. But then you go have a fire at night and eat meat and shit. Well, that was back before I really ate beef, so I kind of would just eat like bread and Cheetos. But yeah. Just a Cheeto sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I've actually been around some wagon train shit, so I at least get some of the logistics and idea, like how their brakes don't work super well. Do they have brakes? They have brakes. They Is have it just like, a stick that rubs it, into the fucking yeah, wheel. It's pretty much a two by four with a couple yeah. pads that rub into the wheel, okay. and they got that's where they got the. Yeah. It's more like a parking brake than it is to rest. So sometimes they'd actually like lock the wheels. They'd shove logs in between the spokes to make the wheels not turn, so it'd just be skidding. Which I don't know if that's better or not, because then you could throw a rock in front of it to like kind of chalk block it. Yeah, there's ways to do stuff. Or if you're, you know, I imagine if you're going downhill, you don't want the cart to smash into well, the fucking. There was sometimes you'd unload the whole ass wagon and just lower it down a cliff. You'd get like a oh, bunch like a, of dudes and like like lower... portage style. Right. I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. None of which are very easy, and absolutely none of which are very safe. And and also, it doesn't strike me that these guys are super versed in how to do a lot of these things. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and also clearly hadn't had to do it before, otherwise would have seen the Wasatch and been like, nah, we're going back. Right. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> that was a good one. Yep. <clears throat> uh, George Donner also cut his hand and it started to get infected. Got into the hand, it went bad, so it lopped it off at the wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get word from the people at the lake that the pass couldn't be crossed, so they decide to build a shelter in the meadow below the lake at Alder Creek. Uh, of course, the snow was falling there, too, yeah. and they had to set up their tents, and they built brush shanties down there. That's so a that little better. The other party went about building shelters, too, one using a boulder for one wall. The Graves built her cabin a little ways away from uh, Mrs. Reed and her children and built her one, because... James Reed is not there. Mm -hmm. It was a total of 81 people stranded between two groups. Uh, over the next few days, they went to work slaughtering the remaining oxen. Mm. Mrs. Reed had to bargain for some. Same with William Eddy, because he lost all his too. Yeah, wasn't it the deal like Mrs. Reed like had to offer to pay? Basically, the guy who she bought him from made her pay double the price that she would have paid for a live oxen. Once she gets to California, that's like the deals. Like, I'll buy it at an inflated price, but this guy, like... But I'll pay you when we get there. Straight fucking gouged. Like, straight, Holy like, shit. you know. Basically, she's buying beef jerky, but he's selling it for twice the price of a live draft-trained oxen. Fuck. Because that's human nature, you know? We're in a survival situation. You better bilk and fuck over everybody in your party. Good God, man. Of course, they use all parts of the oxen, even the tail, for soup. Oh, oxen. Oh, they made foam. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I, I had to get oxtails from Wajamaya to make a... I made homemade pho one time. It was bomb. It was good. Mm -hmm. uh, James Reed was busy slogging through the western foothills. John Sutter provided him with 30 horses, a mule, and a large amount of flour, and a hindquarter of beef. 
and two more MyWalk guides. Nice. Uh, McCutcheon, McCutcheon, who went with Stanton but was sick, went with them too. Two days after they left, they ran into heavy rain and sleet, and by the time they got to Bear Valley, there was two feet of snow. There, they ran into two immigrants, uh, Curtis and his wife, taking refuge after crossing the mountains. They were starved and were eating the last of their family dog. Mm. <laughs> Reed and McCutcheon gave him some flour and had some dog. So they, mm, fried chicken fried dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next day, they climbed out of Bear Valley. As they went up higher, the snow became deeper. That's typically how that works. I was going to say, shocking. <laughs> that night, Let me guess the, the air got thinner and it got fucking colder, too. Mm-hmm. That night, the Miwoks disappeared, not wanting any of the white man's craziness. <laughs> Drop a smoke pellet. In the morning, Reed and McCutcheon abandoned all but nine horses, but they were being buried up to their noses. <laughs> the horses. Oh, the horses. Okay. So the two men leave behind the horsies and continue on foot, but they sink up to their chests. You Fine. say, if, if the snow is too tall for the horse, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 unless they, I mean, if they had snowshoes, that might be somewhat whatever. Finally, they were exhausted and they turned around. Uh, they didn't know they were as close as 10 to 12 miles away from the other people on the uh, other side. Yeah, but it also might as well been the far side of the fucking moon at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Uh, when it finally stopped snowing November 12th, Franklin Graves tried again to escape. He took his two daughters, Sarah and, Mar- and Marianne, and most of the able-bodied men in the camp, and they set off on mules. Even before the sun had set, they were back, finding 10 feet of snow up there and most of it fluffy powder. Yeah, found some more snow. <laughs> Brought some back if you guys need it. Uh, William Eddy continued hunting, but all the deer were at lower elevations, and all the bears were were asleep. He settled for one owl, Mm. coyote another day, Mm. and an occasional squirrel with their big nut sacks. I I thought he had got one at least one bear. He did, November 14th. Oh. Came across a grizzly. Oh, Oh, those are the ones that don't sleep as often. Mm Mm-hmm. He took a long shot and hit the bear, but it mostly pissed him off. Well, as we've discussed when previously (laughs) talking about grizzlies. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. If you shoot him, you'll just make him mad. The bear charged, and Eddie had an extra ball in his mouth. So he (laughs) rammed it in. Oh, you spit it in your your barrel. And Eddie stuck the rifle to the bear's chest and fired, this time killing it. Holy shit, dude. But Eddie beat it about the head with a stick to make sure it was dead. I think that's natural. Yeah, sure. And then he had a heart attack. Yeah. That night, he and Franklin Graves drug the carcass behind some of the last living oxen. So they hide it. That's awesome, too, because, like, uh, if you, you know, skin that out, you have the only winter coat in this entire thing, probably, Mm -hmm. because most of those guys didn't bring winter shit because they planned on being... Across the mountains before the snow. Yeah. Wait, wasn't there wasn't there a couple of buffalo robes? Yeah. Okay. But those were stolen, I guess. <laughs> I guess that, uh, whatever. Still, come on, bear coat. You, oh, yeah. Fucking you just, like, skin it like a trench coat, you know, cut off the lower... Hell, you could make a whole big floppy bear snowsuit, like... Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A. 
Treat it like I the, mean, it's not like your skinny little man arms aren't going to fit through right, its right. big bear armholes. Split it down the middle. Leave, leave the claws mm-hmm. on there, but you can have your fingers come out. And you can pretend you're Wolverine. Wolverine. Yep. <laughs> I just imagine making necro pants out of that thing. There you go. Mm-hmm. Put your little coins in its little nutsack. Leave the nutsack yep. on it. Yep. November 21st, and that not snowed for a week, and bear patches of ground started to appear at the lake. Uh, Franklin Graves would try again for the summit. This time, 22 people would go. Uh, most of the healthy men and a half dozen women and older children. Again, Stanton and the Miwoks led the way with Sutter's seven mules to beat down a path. But sunny days and cold nights made a layer of ice on the snow, so they didn't sink much. I say perfect. You can walk on it now. Yeah. Slide. Yeah. And if it's sunny days, the higher up the peak you go, you're closer to the sun, so it actually gets warmer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it over so, the pass. Also, the, first the faster day. your fucking eyes get burned out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> they made it over the pass the first day and camped near the summit. Uh, the next morning, it was deeper snow, and the mules sank into the to their withers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know that word. Men could still walk, but the mules couldn't. Uh, William Eddy wanted to ditch the mules and continue on foot, but Stanton refused. He told Sutter that he'd have to bring them back. And increasingly seemed obsessed with the promise. It's like, oh, I'm going to get charged late fee if I don't bring back these mules. (laughs) Eddie told the Miwoks to guide them back. Um, Stanton told them that Sutter would hang them if they came back without the mules. Which might have been right because Sutter was an asshole. asshole. And the Miwoks refused. Eddie offered to pay for the mules, but Stanton wouldn't relent. With no one to guide him, Eddie couldn't go to Sutter's Fort by himself, so they all turned back. How many times have they tried to fucking do this now? Well, this time they, they got stymied by late fees and, you know, like, <laughs> no, they're just bad at this shit. It's almost like they don't even want to go up there. Oh, uh, fucking. They always come up with some kind of excuse. Thanksgiving, it began to snow again for a week straight. Uh, during this time, the mules that Stan refused to leave would wander away and and die and get buried underneath the snow. Fuck. Now man. you're not getting your deposit back. You nope. Dickhead. What are you most thankful for? Did you, did you buy the insurance? The party wasn't starving quite yet, but they were getting there. Uh, George Donner's cut hand was getting worse. You know what's a good thing to help you not starve? It is let the mules wander away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the infection was crawling up his arm and it mm. swelled to two times its size. I'll swallow your soul. Exactly. Get me back, my <laughs> Jacob Donner began to noticeably weaken and spent most of the time in the tent. But by far the worst of the single men were at Alder Creek. James Smith, Samuel Shoemaker, and Joseph Reinhardt living under a brush cover. They had no oxen or resources of their own. Those are the uh, porters or the teamsters or whatever. Right. And they're having to do much of the heavy work for the Donners. Yeah. That's the fun part. Oh, I hired on to do this job. And now that you've got me stranded out here, you're still making me work for you, but you won't like feed me or give me shit. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Yep. Because early December, they were catching mice with their hands and cooking them Mm. and eating them whole. Oh, God damn it. Just... mm. Well, they, uh, that wasn't beginning uh, getting them very far, so they stirred, uh, cut strips off their buffalo robes and ate that. Here's a big thing that, that they pointed out in a lot of my reading is that, you know, that lake, full of lake trout. <laughs> full 
of lake trout. None of these assholes. A lot of you know, a lot of them are European immigrants. So none of them know how to fish for lake trout. What the fuck? Or, or if they did, none of them even thought about it. I mean, not very likely that they had actual fishing gear, but I mean, fucking. I mean, you could still something. You could still like fucking reach in and grab one, noodle them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, huck dynamite in the lake. Well, it maybe didn't have a dynamite. There's there's ways to do it. Yeah, drop a bug zapper in there. But there's no uh, evidence of anybody trying it, as far as I was able to find. Uh, Franklin Graves was still determined to make it over the pass. Made some snowshoes from an old box. Uh, used rawhide as webbing. Yeah. So they're about two feet long and one foot wide. So those are some pr- pretty serious snowshoes. Yeah, on the reel. By early December, he had 15 pairs of them. Nice. He's started oh, manufacturing. Shit. Mm-hmm. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Only $5. Come get your snowshoes. Give me one of your beans. <laughs> One of Donner's Teamsters, August Augustus Spitzer, uh, left the Keysburg shanty where he'd been staying. He was near starvation. Uh, Spitzer staggered to the Breen's shanty to their entrance and descended the snow steps. So now their cabins are under the snow and they mm. have to build steps. Well, also, it wasn't the Breen's. I thought, was it the Breen's that were in the lean-to next to the other cabin? Or who was that? Like, so one of them, okay, they have that shit cabin. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else just put a lean-to and just kind of shared a wall with it. Oh, they just, okay, lean like, some shit against it? Yeah. Instead of all being in the same cabin where you'd be a little warmer, you know, you still got to keep the family integrity. Mm-hmm. Right, Although, right. it's very likely that people were getting sick and shit, too, and, you know, maybe they didn't want to get the mountain ghosts in your teeth or whatever. So this guy just walks in their cabin and passes out. So now they have another mouth to feed over there. Guy on the couch. <laughs> Uh, over the next few days, Franklin Graves went around to find people to try the pass again. They all kind of knew this would be their Fuck final off, attempt. <laughs> Fuck off, Frank. <laughs> We're done with this shit. December 12th, it was still snowing, and next day it continued heavier. Uh, December 14th, it cleared, but it was actually too warm, and then they sank in. They waited till the next day when it got colder. And it was just right. December 16th, there was a firm crust on the snow. They took about eight pounds of dried beef for each of them, enough to last six days, they thought, to get to Johnson's Ranch on the west side. They thought it was about 30 to 40 miles away. It was more like 75. Whoops. That morning, Bayless Williams, an albino servant of the Reeds, had died and was buried in the snow. Women left their babies behind because their milk had dried up. Oh, so you just leave them... Wait, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to get over this pass, which they think is like thirty or to the ranch or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. forty miles away, but yep. it's not. It's like eighty. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so they're like, "Oh, we'll just leave the kids here. They're dead." <laughs> uh, the snowshoe party had a tough time with their snowshoes and fell quite a bit. Snowshoe party tonight. Exactly. All our friends are gonna hang out here tonight. All right, we'll pass out on the couch. All right. Even with the crusty snow, they still sunk in a foot or two. It's like a, a crust punk, like Christmas <laughs> tribute band. That's a coked out crust punk band. <laughs> they took along 10-year-old William Murphy. He didn't have snowshoes. They went across the lake, the snow blinding them. The two without snowshoes turned back. That left 15 in the party. That day, they made it just beyond the lake. They took off the next day and made the easy first mile, gaining only 250 feet. 
But after that, they came out of the forest and onto the granite face. They were only three quarters of a mile from the pass, but it was more than a thousand feet up. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of hard if you're in a weakened condition. And in the 1800s, wearing nothing but wool, canvas, and mm-hmm. wood. And starting to get snow blindness, especially Charles Stanton. Uh, and they're getting too hot, so they're taking off their clothes, which is smart. Uh, by late afternoon, they ascended the pass, now named Donner Pass for some reason. Yeah, because before, wasn't it uh, Fremont Pass? Uh, I don't know. I think it was Fremont Pass before. We'll go with that. Uh, they didn't move much further than the pass that day, traveling only about three miles. Uh, next day started clear and cold, but in the afternoon it clouded up and began to snow. Charles Stanton began to lag behind. He was suffering from snow blindness with nausea and headaches mm. and, of course, no vision. Like, another thing is, like, I'm kind of surprised. I don't know if it's, well, I know it's like an Inuit cultural thing and stuff like that. I'm surprised the Miwok guys didn't teach them how to make the, you know, where you put the bark over your eyes and cut the slots for the goggles. That would have been smart. Uh, He had hiked across the pass three times, but he was kind of at his limit now. So if they lost him. Third time's the charm. uh, They lost the wave because he was the guide. The Miwoks spoke very little English and had trouble recognizing the way in the snow. Not that the white guy knew yeah. any better than they. <laughs> now they were four days out of what they thought was six and only 14 miles away from the camps, and they just had rations left for two more days. Oh, so, so they, they only have about 60 miles left to go? Mm-hmm. Oh, God damn it. Uh, Sunday the 20th, the fifth day out, they began to move out, but Charles Stanton didn't want to get up and just smoked his pipe. When asked if he was going to leave, he said, go ahead, I'll get going soon. Holy uh, shit, has he got like the fucking, uh, what's the delirium you get when you're like stuck up in the mountains, in the snow? Mountain sadness? I don't Something know. like that. Mountain madness. It's like the guy that like lost his nose and shit when he like climbed uh, Everest. What, Sir Edmund Hillary? No, no, this is like or in the Sir. 90s. But he's like, he, basically when you when you attack the summit of, of uh, Everest, there's just fucking dead bodies everywhere. Oh, yeah. So people like didn't make it or whatever. And so this guy had gone up and like he didn't come, never came back. So they're like, oh, he's dead. Check him off the fucking list. And then another party attacks the summit like days later. And they see, you know, like this guy just sticking out of the snow like Jack Nicholson in the fucking Shining. Shining. And he's just, he's got no jacket on or anything. And he's just kind of sitting there. And they're like... They, like, see him, and they're like, oh, it's a dead body. And then he starts, like, laughing and, like, moving his arms around and shit. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, like, he's, his nose has got, like, uh, frost frostbite and shit. Yeah, yeah. And so they yank his ass out of there and get him back to camp, and he survived. Wow. But he went fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. they, yeah, it's... It's uh, hyper, yeah. It's like hypothermia gives makes you go fucking crazy. Well, hypothermia, a lot of times, what it does is just makes you. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. And then you just like curl up in a little ball. Yeah. So this guy was out. like, he's apparently he started just like taking his jacket and shit off because he's like, it's really hot up here, and like taking all his protective gear off, and he's just swinging his arms around like fucking. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, windmilling. The, the, yeah, just windmilling and like laughing and shit, and like couldn't be reasoned with really. But they got him out of there, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> I had the misfortune of being on Everest in 1996 at what was at the time the deadliest day in the mountain's history. Caught in a terrible storm on the top of Everest, and we gradually began to freeze to death. This is my death certificate. This is a fax that was received by my wife. It states basically that uh, I've died. It tells where I am on the mountain. 
Both of my hands had been destroyed. The right side was dead to above the wrist. My face had been pretty much destroyed since I spent 15 hours face down on the ice. Over months, we managed to rebuild a nose upside down on my forehead and then gradually got it to grow in the middle of my face. I had a reconstruction done by Greg Anigan on my left side and I went back to work six weeks after they cut my hands off. Well, just like that story, five months later, uh, a party traveling eastward found his bones in a hollow stump near the same spot. In a hollow stump? Mm-hmm. Oh, he must have crawled in there, I guess. Yeah. Did somebody... Like I said. How big was the stump? Trees used to be a lot bigger back then. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't, <laughs> they don't make them that big anymore. The next day, they made it eight miles through tough snow. Uh, they were still expecting Stanton to catch up. And they were almost out of food and still above the snow line. And their boots were falling apart, too. Yay. Back at the camps, they rationed the meat uh, they had left. They boiled the ox hides and made an edible glue to eat. Mm-hmm. Edible glue? A lot of the survivor memoirs describe that. It, you know, it's it's like, you know, what do you do? You know, boil down stuff with collagen, like hooves and stuff like oh, that to yeah, make glue. Yeah. So hide is the same way. Like raw hide is the same way. So they just basically boil it till it turns into a goop. You gonna finish your goop? Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, back at Alder Camp, it was even worse. James Smith, Sam Shoemaker, and Joseph Reinhardt were all dead. Reinhardt, on his deathbed, confessed to Doris Wolfinger that he killed her husband back at the Humboldt Sink. Jacob Donner was also dead. He was the unrobust one. Yeah. He entered in a state of near inaction when they became trapped. It did little to help his family. Till one day he sat at the table to eat, bowed his head upon his hands, and sat motionless until he died. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I'm going to pray. How fucking dramatic, dude. <laughs> yeah. Chill out. Show off. <laughs> the morning of December 21st, the sixth day out for the snowshoe party. It had been snowing hard most of the night. In the morning, they could see no more than 20 or 30 yards away. They tried to have the Miwoks guide them, but they were just as lost in the snowstorm. Well, yeah, yes, I love, I always love that shit. Oh, hey, hey, noble Indian guide, like, you know, it's like, what the fuck, man? It's a blizzard. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, can't you, like, use some nature spirit or something? Yeah, yeah. You're magic, right? Yeah, you're magic. So they continue westward. Uh, they argue about turning back, and the Miwoks refuse to go back. Then they made a big mistake. They approach a low ridge. If they would have climbed it, they would have seen Bear Valley, and after that, an easy grade down to Johnson's oh, Ranch. Oh, no. But they turn south following the downhill. And of course, they wouldn't have seen Bear Valley in the snowstorm. Now they're headed to the canyon of the North Fork of the American River. Aside from the Yosemite, it's one of the Sierra's most impressive, more than 3,000 feet deep, and some places 4,000. Easily crossable. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the... Airplane. Spider-Man. (laughs) December 22nd, more snow. Then a warm wind came up, making the snow wet and sticky to their snowshoes. Now they're out of food, uh, except for a bit of bear meat that William Eddie's wife snuck into his pack. I love that. It's like, uh, you know, mom sneaking a cookie into your otherwise... Don't tell your father. Here's some Starbursts. Yep. Uh, Hunger made them anxious and irritable. (laughs) You're not um, you when you're hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Danny DeVito. Yeah. Pat, did you bang my whore wife? Does anybody here have any illegitimate children with my 
poor wife that I should know about. They became more clumsy. Their cognitive abilities were starting to decline. Oh, this must have been hilarious, like Keystone Cops to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't just horrifying. <laughs> Sad. Like, oh no, Sad and horrifying. Uh, they spent that day in camp. All 14 of the party would survive the night, though. So that's the other thing. That's something. Became warmer the next day, and the snow turned to rain, and the terrain grew steeper. They stopped and talked about what to do. They, they decided to draw lots to sacrifice one of their own for oh, meat. fuck. Oh, they've already went like, all right, one's going to have to fucking die so we mm-hmm. can eat? Well, to put, put it this way, in my research, some of the party were a little more into this idea than others. Yep. Oh, shit. You know, you know who really wasn't at all into this idea? Who? Salvador and Luis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. The guides. So I assume they're the ones that are going to get eaten first. Oh, no. Well, you're just going to have to wait and find out. Mm-hmm. God damn it, dude. So they tore up strips of paper and took turns drawing them. Uh, it was Patrick Dolan, the man who suggested the idea that drew the shortest straw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I regret this. Mulligan. <laughs> Best two out of three. Uh, they gathered around, but realized no one wanted to pull the trigger. William Eddy pointed out that one of them would die soon anyway. And then they decided they would eat that person. Yeah, modern problems require modern solutions. Mm-hmm. They all agreed and continued on, making eight miles that day. Wow, see? It's an awkward fucking That's walk. That's a fucking motivator, though. God damn. All dude. right, we either walk eight miles or we're going to have to eat one of us. <laughs> I can walk. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I feel happy. Oh, shit, dude. Uh, both Dolan and Lemuel Murphy begin to rant and rave incoherently. Globalists are taking their fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> they made a campfire. Antonio the Mexican drover crawled out and lay next to the fire. His hand fell, and he made no attempt to pull it out of the fire. Uh, they pulled it out for him. This happens from time to time in this story. Uh, sometimes it can be just the hypothermia or and the weakness and the exhaustion. Sometimes it's because like uh, there's a lady that later cooks her feet because uh, she was too frostbit to notice that she had her oh, feet shit. in the fire. Uh, so they pull out his hand, but it fell back in <laughs> because Antonio was dead. Oh shit! All yeah, right, but then they smell just this oh, kind no. of heavenly. Aroma. <laughs> I wonder if this is a story they told to be like, oh, uh, his, he just, his hand fell in I'm the fire. Bullshitting, but yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, the the snow put out the fire too. <laughs> and Franklin Graves stopped shivering. His face was blue and his pupils dilated. His breathing was shallow. Eddie crawled over to him, looked at him, and told him that he was dying. Graves said that. Hey, he man, you're, I think you're dying. Just so you know. Well, what do you say to that? Graves said, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But he did call for his daughters. Uh, He told them that the lives of the rest of their family depended on them making it out and to use his body for food. At about 11 p.m., Franklin died outside a makeshift tent. It kept snowing into Christmas Day. Ooh, Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. Patrick Dolan was still raving and ranting. Dolan thrashed underneath the blankets and began to take off his clothes. Mm. Uh, He tried to crawl out into the storm, but Eddie struggled to get him back in. Never show you guys my strip tease? Check this (laughs) shit out. When do you guys start beatboxing? But he got free and ran uh, half naked into the storm. Uh, But he did come back and the men held him down inside. But by late afternoon, his body grew rigid and died. 
The men drug him outside and set him next to the bodies of Graves and Antonio. So now they got a stack. Yeah, going. all right. Just fucking stack them like firewood. Things are looking up for some of us. Back at the lake, they're boiling bones for soup over and over again mm-hmm. until they were soft enough to eat. And when we're saying bones, you know, you've bitten into a chicken bone. Yeah. Yeah, these are fucking ox bones. Oh, fuck. So those are like, that's like a big, big fucking cow. Oh, my God. That's like some hyena <laughs> hyena jaw pressure it takes. So you're going to have to boil the living fuck out of them to get it to where your weak-ass little, especially 1800s. Rotten, F- shitty, fucked up shitty teeth. teeth, and they're like, and they're fucking exhausted and haven't yeah, yeah. anything. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit! Uh, Christmas night, the storm eased up, uh, but the snowshoe party had lost the head of their hatchet in the snow. This is a snowshoe party, <laughs> so they're unable to start a fire. Uh, William Foster was so stiff that he couldn't get his limbs to unbend at all. Oh, so he's just doing the dead spider. Mm-hmm. 13-year-old Lemuel Murphy found a mouse and ate it alive. It's a Christmas Whoa. miracle. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> they looked at the three bodies, now rigid and blue and probably the warm, covered in probably snow. Probably the warmest thing he'd had in his body in a while, though. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But they weren't quite ready to eat them yet. They didn't move camp. Late in the day, they covered back uh, up in blankets. Uh, Lemuel's eating of the mouse seemed to stimulate his hunger. Wendigo. Like I, I know, I know people that have like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast for like a week or whatever, right? So like, when you like eat very little or don't eat anything for a certain amount of time, at a certain point, your hunger kind of goes away, and mm-hmm. your body's like, all right, I can, I can deal with this, I'll be fine. But as soon as you fucking get that first, you like pop, bite, it, pop an M M&M and M in your mouth, and, and suddenly you need like, a shotgun an entire large pizza. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, you eat that mouse, and it's like, it's all, it's fucking over, dude. It's like, it's like that movie Ravenous. It's like mm-hmm. well, and that's the thing is Ravenous is based off. Oh yeah, the Wendigo. Off the Wendigo. Yep. Well, and as we've talked about a lot of times, like you know, these stories have some kind of basis in mm-hmm. factual. Do not eat thy you know. neighbor. Yeah, and while yeah, the Wendigo is a monster thing, it's you know from from things that probably happened. Yeah, this. yeah, people so. starving starving in the fucking bushes. Yep, starving in the bushes. How the West Was Fucked will be right back. Neil from Bronson Swagger. Have you recently lost a loved one? Bronson Swagger understands. That's why we invented the Funeral Kazoo. The loss of the loved one doesn't have to suck anymore with the Funeral Kazoo. Brighten up any wake of memorial with the dulcet tones of America's favorite wax paper based instrument. Yes, it's the Funeral Kazoo, now available in fun colors and black. Order yours today from Sequoia and Swagger. Brought some Swagger Funeral Kazoos. We put the fun in funerals. So Lemuel, as uh, now he's hungry, he howled and bit people's arms, yelling, "Give me my bone!" Wendigo. Oh, well, that's more lycanthropy. Also, almost. I'm also I'm imagining you said his name's Lemuel. Mm-hmm. Lem- that probably pronounced Lemuel, but so I'm that's the that's the name of the artist that does the Neverending Story song. 
Of so now I'm imagining that guy with his big fucking poofy blonde hair. The never ending story, c'est ça. Ça veut dire une histoire sans fin. Et c'est déjà un tube, comme l'on dit, mais dès les premières minutes, dès les premières secondes de la chanson, vous allez reconnaître ce succès. Limaille Turn around, give me my bow. <laughs> He tried to break out of the blanket tent, but he was stopped. He well, finally quieted down. I love, I love the idea of blanket. It's like they built the a fort. Ca- cou- couch fort. Couch fort. <laughs> I'll break it out of this motherfucker. Uh, really no less secure than any other jail. <laughs> he quieted it down because at 2 a.m. he died. Oh, no, that'll quiet you down. Mm-hmm. Tuck your tucker you right out. They rolled out the body, and next day they said about the task of butchering the meat. Fuck. Mm. Roll out the body. We'll have a barrel of fun. At least they have many to practice with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Start with a little one. Well, you know, just like, as you're learning, it'll get better cuts and start doing some real honest goodness charcuterie. You yeah. Know, really, make it a, really make it a labor of love. Gross. Uh, next day they lit a fire with black powder. But it- <laughs> That'll do it. No, when you, if, I know, if it's not contained, it's not, it, it, it just does a, a nice sizzle. But it worked too well and burned William Eddy's hands and face. <laughs> so he's already... He got Yosemite sammed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, ow! My biscuits are burning. Fire in the hatch. Oh, oh eat green hornetoes. That's smart. They divided into groups so no one would have to eat or see any of their kin eaten. Which is, you know, trying to... Yeah. Trying to retain the last shreds of your humanity and civilization. Uh, Luis and Salvador wouldn't participate and turn their backs on them while they were doing this. Yeah, that's just a very... I mean, it's a very verboten thing in yeah. most, most, most societies, period, really. <laughs> uh, they covered the heads and hands with snow and cut into the bodies. The hands? Well, yeah, you don't want to see human features. You can pretend it's a pork if you don't oh, see, I see digits in a human face. Sure, sure. They took out the organs first to eat, since they wouldn't keep as well. Yep. Then they ate. Did they, like, cook them? Yeah. Okay. They rested and dried their meat for three days. It turned clear and cold, making the snow crusty, so now they're ready to go. By morning of December 29th, the meat was lean and stringy. And lacking the fat that they needed. Because they'd been all starving mm-hmm. already. <laughs> they thought they would get four days of rations out of it. One of the things they probably didn't eat and probably left behind that could have helped them out is actually the brains. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, yeah. Tends right. to contain a lot of fatty tissue. And it's some of the last fat that your body Keeps consumes, right. you know. They made it about five miles that first day. Uh, December 31st, they decided to cross the gorge. It was so steep they couldn't stand up and use their snowshoes as sleds. Yeah. And went down quickly, but dangerously. By the end of the day, they made it down to the river, but then you have to climb back out. It's the best Christmas ever. Yeah, yeah. You, get, you finally get a meal, and then you get to go sledding. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so now they have to kick into the snow and climb back up. Oh, that's, that's always fun. Uh, by the time they reached the top, their feet were cracked and swollen and bleeding. Back to the overcooked hot dogs again. Yeah. Uh, their leather shoes were rotten and falling apart. They wrapped their feet in blankets, but the blood soaked through. 
the frostbit toes of one of the Miwoks begin to fall off. Ugh. The women were having to lead the men now, and the men were in worse shape than the women. Did they collect the toes so they could eat them later? Well, it's his toes. He gets to choose whether sure. or not he pop them little raisinets in every... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's all freezer burnt. January 2nd, they found out they could make better time without the snowshoes and put them on the backs. They made camp that evening, and nearing the end of their rations, they ate the leather of their shoes and the sinew off their snowshoes. Mm. January 3rd, it began to snow, or began to get into snow-free territory. Ooh, Ooh. happy fucking New Year. Which um, also means probably lack of water territory again, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they got into brush, which was hard to walk through. January 4th, Jay Fosdick began to lag behind. By that evening, they are out of food again, and the mood was ugly. <laughs> oh, now the mood gets ugly? <laughs> <laughs> William Foster said to kill and eat the Miwok guides. Of course. The Miwok guys are, um, my English not so good. What, uh, <laughs> you saying what I think? Uh, Eddie argued against it. Uh, the idea was dropped for now, but later that evening, the Miwok took off. It's possible that Eddie warned him. Yeah. Yeah. January 5th, they found deer tracks and followed him. Eddie found the deer about 80 yards away and brought up the rifle, but was too weak to hold the gun level. Oh, no. And then he tried again and aimed high. He shot, and he thought that he missed the deer, but they followed the deer, and it fell a while later. Oh, hey. Eddie jumped on it and slit its throat. Uh, Started chugging the blood right out of his neck. Eddie and Marianne Graves ate, but the others were behind and had to camp elsewhere. Oh, shit. (laughs) So uh, Sarah Graves could have went and got food, but she didn't want to leave Jay's side, Fosdick, because it seems like he was slipping away. And he died a little bit before midnight. Oh, man. Sarah laid down beside him and tried to die with him, but she survived. <laughs> Against all <laughs> odds. How do you, yeah, it's not like trying to count sheep to go to sleep. <laughs> it's just holding her breath until her natural reflexes take over. Uh, she left and met William Foster and Sarah Foster, who were backtracking to find her. When she told them Jay had died, they wasted no time to ask to eat him. She said, you can't hurt him now, and walked off. So the Fosters went and butchered Jay. Sarah made it to Eddie's, and then they had some roasted deer. So that's a good... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know, dietary preferences and whatnot. But that's the first food uh, other than human flesh they had since December 21st. Fuck. So that's, what, two weeks? Yeah. Also, deer... Deer is also generally not known for its high fat, fat content, content. Mm-hmm. especially not dead of winter deer, but yeah. still. Uh, the Fosters came into camp with the Jay's meat. Now they're down to seven, five women and two men. And this party started with, what, 15? Yep. January 7th, the river turned south, but they knew they had to go west to find Johnson's Ranch. So they're all nearly barefoot and bleeding. Now they're in territory where gold would be found just a few years later. Ooh. Better drop what you're doing and start prospecting. (laughs) (laughs) They climbed to the other uh, side of the canyon and rested at top. They're only 20 miles away from Johnson's Ranch, but of course they didn't know it yet. Back at Truckee Lake, Margaret and Virginia Reed with Milt Elliott tried to cross the pass but failed. They ate their last family dog before they left. 
They did make it over the pass, but got lost, so they turned back. Ah. But at least they still have some rations back at the lake, though. They think, as they long think. as other people didn't loot them. Mm -hmm. Back at the American River, the party there became unhinged. Uh, William Foster, became. mostly so. He stopped helping and became despondent. Uh, he proposed eating Amanda McCutcheon to William Eddy, but he refused, saying she was a mother. Then Foster said to eat Sarah and Marianne Graves since they weren't mothers. So, okay, he's talking about these are people that are still alive? Yep. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Eddie pulled a knife and threatened uh, Foster to drop the subject. Oh, fucking eat you. <laughs> they continued west as best as they can reckon. Uh, they found Luis and Salvador eating acorns. Mm. Like good people. The party moved past them. Then William Foster went back with a rifle. The party heard two shots. Oh, dude. Uh, they stripped the flesh from the Miwoks and God set to it. eating and drying the meat. Fuck, dude. Mm. These guys are like trying to be good good folk and eating some fucking well, foliage. They made the mistake of being born Native American in early America <laughs> yeah. and hanging out with white people. Right. That, yeah. Fucking dicks. It uh, doesn't ever seem to work out very well in any of these stories. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh, next morning, it was raining. They saw a deer, but Eddie was too weak to take aim at him. So Look. he lunged on it like a jaguar. <laughs> Cut its throat with its car keys. Uh, the country started to open up. Then in the mud, they found a human footprint. They followed what was an Indian trail through the bush. Uh, then an Indian village was found. Oh, no. It was a Maidu village near modern-day Colfax. The Maidu was, uh, they were astonished to see such ghostly figures. And, of course, they lurched arms open, pleading for help. In a language that I'm sure the Maidu did not And, of course, understand. they ran away at first. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Wendigo! <laughs> exactly. I'm out! But they took them in, and they ate acorn mush. Mm, um, acorn mush. Maybe they didn't tell them carbs. about the Maiwok meat in their pack, though, or where they got it from. It continued to snow in the mountains, though. This is like a horror story the Maidu people tell their fucking kids. Oh, probably. Like, past death for generation. Sure. generation. <laughs> Holy and fuck. the whole time, our cousins, Salvatore and Luis, were <laughs> in the backpack. So the snow's over the shanties that they built. Insulation. Mm -hmm. Hey, all right. No, I mean, all right, except for when you're trying to get in and out of the shanty. Right. <laughs> so they have 13 feet of snow up there. Uh, the snowshoe party continued on with the Maidu guides to get them to Johnson's Ranch, but it was slow going because of their bloody feet. Uh, they made it four miles to another Maidu village. January 17th, Sarah could barely walk at all. They were still weak, probably had bleeding gums from scurvy, yellow skin from jaundice, intestine bleeding, and double vision and bl slurred speech like I do. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> typical Friday. <laughs> She made it a few miles that morning, but she simply sat down and wouldn't get up. Marianne, uh, uh, Harriet Pike, and Sarah and William Foster did the same. Just plopped down and refused to go anywhere? Mm -hmm. nope. The afternoon of the 17th, William Eddy and his Maidu guide made it to Johnson's Ranch. Yeah. And word spread around the ranch. Five men went with food to rescue the others down the trail. Oh, shit. Beyond the forest, they met Lancelot and Galahad, and there was much rejoicing. Uh, it was nearly midnight before they reached him, though. 
They're still sitting in the same spot in the mud, but they were still alive. That had to have been a great, whatever, 12 hours of just waiting to die. <laughs> Man, my ass is cold. But you want to play Uno? Ate and ate until they threw up. No, they just sat there oh, and they ate some more. They just, oh, they just sat there and played I Spy. Yeah, right. I Spy with my little eye. Something that starts with S. Is it snow? Actually, no, you said there was no snow. Yeah, they're out of the snow now. God damn it. I Spy with my little eye. Something that starts with M. Is it mud? Yup. Future corpses. Ooh. But they didn't have enough supplies all? or men to mount a rescue expedition, so they sent word to Sutter's Fort for help. Back at the lake on January 30th, 17-year-old John Landrum seized his delirious ranting and died. Oh. February 4th, 14th, 14 men finally set out to reach the people at Truckee Lake, led by Reason P. Tucker. And Reason. Reason. It's back when people used to do shit like that. Uh, what what the hell was uh, Cotton Mather's father? Was some shit like that. Like, I think it was Reason. Was it Reason? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Temperance. You know, Johnson and sure, yeah. Clarity Williamson and Z- Zebulon fucking well, Zebu- tell me what's Hiram I Jams. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying a lot of the stuff was like more like what would that be? Oh, like, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, do do do, do you Zebulon? Like, you know, <laughs> I, I see what you mean. Like yeah, words yeah. that actually mean something yeah, else. Like, digestion Parker, <laughs> metabolism Jones, <laughs> uh, William Eddy still emaciated, went with two. It rained and the horses got bogged down in the mud and had to be pulled out. Good thing that my Jeep's got a winch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why they needed to introduce the hippos like they wanted to. Fucking A, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, February 9th, they reached the snow line and that was snow up to the animals' bellies. And they made camp at Mule Springs at uh, 3,800 feet. That's where all the mule come from. Mm-hmm. It's come naturally it's where out all of the, the mule end up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, William Eddy turned around with the pack animals. He didn't know that his wife and one-year-old daughter, Margaret, were dead. Uh, people started dying rapidly now. Not the people at the lake, anyway. Yeah. Amanda McCutcheon's one-year-old daughter, Harriet, had died. Uh, Augusta Spitzer and Milt El- Elliott died. No, no. The men at Mule Springs cashed some supplies there and took 50 pounds of supplies on their backs. Basic um, idea, instead of, like, Carrying all them supplies all that way. It's like as we're leading these people back, we'll have oh, we'll some stationed. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Instead of, you know, killing ourselves getting the shit there. Uh, on the morning of February 14th, they faced the steep climb out of Bear Valley to Immigrant Gap. Uh, three of the men refused to go further. February 17th, they made it to the summit overlooking Truckee Lake. They guessed the snow there to be about 30 feet. Deep. Fuck. Holy mm-hmm. shit. No, fucking long. I don't know. <laughs> Wide. <laughs> uh, February 18th, just before sunset, they reached the lake. They didn't see any signs of life. Because they... it's 30 feet under the snow. <laughs> like mole rats. They hallowed and saw a woman climb out of the hole in the snow. Then more. They were shocked at what they saw. And she said... Are you from California or are you from heaven? Yeah. It always reminds me of the and uh, and the beast said, "Be you angels? We, we are, are but men." men. Rock. The woman was Levina Murphy, 
Lavina? Lavina. Lavina. Lavina Dick. <clears throat> Who had her son. Uh, oh, he. Uh, she gave birth on January 30th. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I didn't realize there was a pregnant lady on this trip. Yeah, I remember because the, the, she didn't want to go back with the mountain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. She didn't want... Oh, my God, She dude. didn't want Jim Bridger, OB, OBGYN, working on her shit. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Then watched to die over the next couple of days, <clears throat> along with uh, Margaret's mother Eleanor and Milt Elliot all died in her cabin. The starving people were crying with joy to see him. They went to the graves cabin. Elizabeth emerged from the snow. She asked about her family. Uh, they couldn't quite tell her the truth. Then she saw her shadow, and there was four more weeks or <laughs> six more weeks of winter. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they said, "Oh, everybody's okay." But she didn't buy it, though, because <laughs> obviously her husband would come back for her if They're, he could. They're um, fine. They're just really frostbitten, was the excuse I read about. The next day, the uh, rescue party made it to Alder Creek, where the Donners were, but it was much worse there. Jacob Donner was dead. George Donner was still bedridden with his infected hand, and most of the Teamsters were dead. Uh, the rescue party explained that they only had enough supplies to last a few days. They needed anybody who was able to walk to walk out before they got any weaker. The Donners faced a decision. Uh, Elizabeth Donner had four children that were too small to walk out. Tamzine had three more. Uh, Tamzine would also not leave George's side. So they had the little kids form a snow-walking Voltron of toddlers. (laughs) (laughs) So they pick out the older children and... Send them away. Leave the more tender, juicy ones to stay with the weird strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Graves had four children under the, under the age of eight. She would stay to take care of them. But 12-year-old Lavina and 14-year-old Elnor and Philippine Kiesberg would go and leave their hobbled husband. Uh, they'd carry with her three-year-old Margaret Reed. Oh, Margaret Reed would go with all her children, even three-year-old Thomas. Oh, wow. That's probably the way to fucking try to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just drag your, you know, tie a tether to all your kids and mm-hmm. yeah. have a mush husky. <laughs> so February 22nd, they would all go. Uh, they had not gone far when three-year-old Thomas Reed and eight-year-old Patty Reed gave out. The rescue party told her that uh, they would have to go back to Breen's cabin. Uh, they made it to the pass February 23rd, but the food they cached there was drug away by some critters. Opened up and ate. God yeah. damn it. Morning of the 24th, they followed the blazes they put on the trees. Uh, John Denton began to fall behind, but they couldn't wait for him. Uh, the rescue party guy, Tucker, built him a fire and said he'd be back for him, though they both knew it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> At least he left him with a lovely parting fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, when his body was found, it was half eaten by critters. Mm. Seems like there's a lot of critter activity in that part of the... Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Time to start catching just, critters. just some really fat fucking raccoons rolling around that area. We just but, ate 50 pounds of beef jerky and a dude. <laughs> <laughs> now they had warm weather, which was nice, but it made the going slow. Three-year-old Ada Kiesberg died that night. February 26th, they were so low on food, they were roasted uh, rawhide shoestrings. Mm-hmm. Shortly after, they found two men walking towards them. It was a second relief party, carrying dried beef for him. Yeah. Oh, shit. 
fucking jerky butlers. Uh, Margaret Reed got good news. <laughs> Shark fin soup. Uh, the second relief party was just a few miles down the trail, and it was led by her husband, James Reed. Oh, wow. That, oh, this fucking asshole's back. That, well, mm-hmm. but that's the hallmark moment. Like, reunite the husband, even though he's been, you know, he was the pariah sent away. Yeah, But yeah. it's still like, she's the only one going to actually meet up with any of Holy shit, dude. the family. Uh, James Reed arrived in California at an inopportune time. Uh, he tried to reach his family in October, but failed. And he tried to get help at Sutter's Fort, but all men had signed up for the Mexican-American War. Uh, priorities, priorities. Fuck. Reed put aside plans of rescue and joined the volunteer company. <laughs> oh, they, they'll be fine. <laughs> and he also petitioned for a track of land while he was there, too. Because, of course, because he's a self-aggrandizing piece of shit. But. Mm-hmm. January 2nd, he fought near... Uh, the mission in Santa Clara, where the volunteers were defeated by the Mexicans there. After Reed rode north to San Francisco and petitioned the general citizens to help get the Donner Party, uh, the citizens gave $1,000. The Navy promised to send supplies and logistical support. The Navy? <laughs> I mean, into the mountains? They have mm-hmm. Marines. Sure. At the same time, William McCutcheon made his way to Napa Valley and was gathering men. And grapes. Mm-hmm. They wanted to leave February 1st, but they left February 19th. Oh, that's similar. February 27th, the second relief party met up with the first relief party. Now it's a big old raging relief party. Mm -hmm. And the Reeds reunited, but they still had two small children back at the lake. So James Reed left right away. 48 hours later, Reed and the second relief party made it to the lake. Reed found both his children alive Holy fuck. in the Murphy cabin. Wow. As it turns out, if you start out rich as shit and fuck over people. <laughs> you too can get a leg up in America. <laughs> so now they're dead bodies. They're covered up by snow, but now the uh, they could see flesh still clinging to them. Now they're kind of unearthed. Reed told them that they would have to stay for days and then walk out. Next morning, March 2nd, they went to Donner's camp at Alder Creek. Uh, Elizabeth Donner and George Donner lay near death. Tamzine was still healthy enough to get around. They urged her to go with, but she refused again not to leave her husband's side. She and her three daughters would wait for the third rescue party, led by Navy men Woodworth. They left behind seven days of food and two men to help cook. Jesus Christ. I mean... To help cook what? The frozen people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, March 3rd, James Reed went to Louise Kiesberg's shanty at the lake camp. The last time they saw each other, Kiesberg wanted to hang Reed in front of his family. Reed fed him and helped him into new clothes. He told Kiesberg he'd come back in two weeks and carry him over the mountain. What a nice guy. Yep. Reed left and started off with the others. It was midday. Okay. Uh, Kind of late to start, but he wanted to get some distance before nightfall. So the second relief left who with... who the fuck wants to sleep there if you don't have to? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They left with 17 survivors, three adults, and 14 children. They left behind one guy to take care of the rest. That guy was Charles Stone. Elizabeth Graves took her family's silver coins, but buried them halfway up the pass, not trusting other men to carry them for her. The fuck? God damn it. Get the fuck out of there. (laughs) Jesus Christ. They made only two miles that day. Uh, Their meal was sparse that night. 
Uh, Reed knew that they only had two more meals a person until they got to the cache. The next day, the clouds darkened and the temperature dropped. They fell trees to make a windbreak. Uh, 1846 was unusually cold winter throughout the West. Right. Uh, the Columbia River froze at Fort Vancouver. Holy oh, fuck. Oh, damn, dude. That's telling you something. Yeah. And that was the same year the Erebus and the Terror were locked in the ice in the Arctic. Right. Wait, Which, the, the Ere- what? We haven't talked about them yet. Well, we mentioned them, but it's... A uh, couple of boats? Yeah, a couple of boats where uh, they got... They're trying to find the what Northwest Passage, yeah. And uh, were sent out. And I mean, these were like very modern for their time, like steam-powered, like, and, and sail, and like... Tons of newly invented canned food, which we've talked about the uh-huh. problem with, yeah, yeah. with the lead solder. Yeah, lead, leaded oysters. But, you know, they have found some remnants of those guys eventually, and there were some signs of cannibalism there, too. But oh, shit. There was also probably a lot of guys getting lead poisoning and just, like, wandering Going off. fucking crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch the TV show. Yeah, except for that also has a weird human face polar bear monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like MacGyver when he goes to Alaska and finds that ship just floating. And then Sasquatch is living on it? Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boat life Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, night of March 5th, the storm intestif- intensified. Intens- Intestinified. That's all I was trying to say. <laughs> they tried to keep the fire burning, but it melted through the snow. Uh, McCutcheon- the fire melted through the snow? Well, mm-hmm. if, you're sitting, if you're sitting on 10 feet of snow <laughs> and your fire, sink. it sinks. Yeah, yeah, I know. McCutcheon sat with his back to the fire and was so numb he didn't notice that all four shirts he was wearing caught fire. <laughs> also, nobody was a bro and patted him out. Yeah, right. Like, Check it out. He's a fucking dumbbell. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be barbecue soon. for it. Uh, by morning, the fire pit was 10 feet wide and 10 feet deep. Right. Uh, five-year-old Isaac Donner died during the night. Oh. The storm continued all through the day. Uh, they were almost entirely out of food now. One of the kids fell into the pit and fell into the fire burning God her feet. Damn it. Oh, fuck. They all kind of dreaded spending another night there. Why? It sounds fucking lovely. <laughs> uh, just a nice fire in the middle of this hole that you can't even get close to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there, flickering, looking all warm and shit, but if you fall in the hole, you'd roast. Burn your feet off. It's yeah. like a sarlacc with fire at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reed became snow blind, and that left only McCutcheon to feed the fire. The snow finally tapered off that night, but it was still bitter cold. Elizabeth Graves passed away that night. Nancy Graves took her baby sister from her. Nancy was the oldest in her family now at age seven. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> By noon, March 7th, it stopped snowing. Uh, they discussed on uh, what We're to do next. March now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> uh, so Reed would go down to the cache and bring up more food for the others. Uh, Reed would take his two kids and 14-year-old Solomon Hook. They tried to talk Patrick Breen into going, but he wouldn't leave his family. The same day this happened, the snowshoe party made it to Johnson Ranch. Yay! Hey, all right. So when did the snowshoe party, when did they originally left? Uh, Before January. Thanksgiving, I think. I think oh, shit. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe close to it. No, no, it was, no, it it was, was later because... Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. But still, it's March. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, like you said, they took a wrong fucking turn. Yeah, for sure. Oh, fuck. So at the lake, two of the three men who stayed behind to help take care of them decided to leave. That was Charles Stone and Charles Katie. This place is kind of depressing. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Tamzine was horrified that they were leaving and told them to take her three young children with them. That was the last time they would see their mother. Katie and Stone took her children to the Murphy's cabin at the lake. You want these? (laughs) So with the new snow, they decided to leave the kids there. Two or three days later, they found the people in the snow pit with a fire. And they quickly left westward. So they're getting the hell out of there. With the the people or they just said bye? Bye. Okay. In Um, the Navy, fuck this shit. (laughs) Katie and Snow Stones overtook Reed and then later met up with the third relief party with Woodworth was William Eddy and William Foster, the two survivors from the snowshoe party. Eddy knew his wife and daughter were dead, but his three-year-old son was still alive. Foster learned from Reed that his son George was still alive. They implored Woodworth to go forward, but... His men now, seeing how bad Reed looked, didn't want to go forward. Uh, Reed finally convinced Eddie and Foster to retreat to Bear Valley for the time being. When they get to Bear Valley, Woodworth wouldn't go, but offered government money to those who would. Like he's offer okay, offering bribe. Oh, offering anybody for a who wants party. to go back. Oh, I, I I missed a step, and I thought he was trying to bribe the survivors to keep going. Like. No, no, don't just lay down and die. Here, here wave this $20 bill. Throw money at you. Yeah. Making it rain. Come on. Follow me to Sacramento. Uh, Eddie would pay, and so would Foster. Uh, Charles Stone agreed to go back, so making seven in total. Three-year-old James Eddie died. Uh, night before, Louis Kiesberg had taken one-year-old George Foster into his bed with him. In the morning, the boy was dead. Kiesberg took the limp baby and hung it on a hook like a piece of meat. The fuck? Swear, this is about where you get to the uh, Kiesberg. Remember, he's the guy that wanted to lynch Reed, right? Right, right, right. So this is about where it takes a turn, and you thought Reed was bad, and there's going to be some stuff happening with Kiesberg here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the second relief camp up on the pass there, the fire burned down to bared earth, which was a 24-foot hole. Mm. But uh, hey, there's still a fire. Fuck it. Build it big enough, you just get a football field. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Patrick Breen gave up on living and just laid there. But Peggy Breen took care of the children there, all nine of them. Uh, Franklin Graves Jr., uh, five year, years old, had died, leaving three dead in the snow up there. After a week of sitting in the hole, seven-year-old Mary Donner suggested they eat the dead. From the mouths of babes. <laughs> Mary was the one who burned her feet in the fire. Right. Several days later, March 12th, William Eddy and William Foster and the rest trudged up in snowshoes. When they got up to the hole, they saw bones. Yeah. They saw Elizabeth Graves' body stripped of most of its flesh, organs removed. The rest of the bones were children's bones, though. Uh, Patrick Breen had been bringing down the meat from the bodies down to the pit. Which must have been a good climb. Eight-year-old Nancy Graves didn't notice she was eating her mother. Oh, my fucking God. She found out later. Uh, it would lead to sudden intermittent sobbing in childhood and a sense of guilt that she would never recover from. That's, yeah, no shit. That's real shocking. <laughs> Who the fuck told her? <laughs> Why would you tell her <laughs> the that? The worst adult ever. You fucking suck. <laughs> hey, hey, you gonna stop crying? You gonna stop crying? 
Hey, guess what? You're eating your mom. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the men of the third relief party decided what to do. Like, uh, just leave and never come back. And That's what drink, most of them wanted. Just drink a lot every day. Just dump bleach in your eyeballs <laughs> yeah. and fucking never, we shall never speak of this again. So they would take the children. Uh, Mr. Breen was too weak to walk and his wife wouldn't leave him. But I thought he was a highly trained government agent, computer hacker. <laughs> Uh, Eddie and Foster and a few others would go back to the lake for the rest, and one man volunteered to stay with the Breens, but they were able to walk out eventually. And then Mr. Breen tried to explain to everybody how quantum physics works. Quantum quantum physics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, here's here's a good time for a fucking movie plug. Uh, every movie that Neil Breen has ever made. Yeah. That's why I keep giggling every time I hear the name Breen. Breen. Oh. And I don't. Yeah. I, I. Thought about trying to do the genealogy research, but it's hard to find anything about Neil Breen anyway. Yeah, yeah. Other than the stuff that's already common knowledge. Yeah. What kind of movies did he make? Uh, <laughs> Some of he's, he's made like five or six movies now, but he's like a he's a real let's estate see, agent. Let's in, see, like Fateful, Vegas. Fateful Findings, Double Down, Double Down. I uh, am here. Dot 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 dot. Now, now. Uh, <laughs> pass through, mm-hmm. and there's one more. Yeah. No, that's it. I think that's all of them. Anyway, it, maybe there's another one forthcoming. Maybe, perhaps. But uh, it's basically like this dude who doesn't know anything about making movies that makes movies. Also, at, le- at, least his, at least his acting suggests he doesn't know how a human is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like every fucking movie, he's like uh, some kind of a cross between like an alien robot and Jesus. Yeah, and also always a hacker and jet pilot and mm-hmm. special operations guy and biochemist. Yep. And sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, he a uh, lot of lot of me. lot of the actresses uh, that are in these shows. I can only imagine are some of uh, Las because he's from Vegas. Yeah, some of the uh, uh, more um, highly sought after um, escorts and dancers of the Las Vegas adult industry. Yes, uh, but yet um, they they really don't like getting topless in these, and they really they uh, they, they, they always be, almost do. They always always there's always like some side boob, and they also whenever there's a lovemaking scene, it's like the shit where he's you, you can see he's physically like laying two feet off to the side, but it looks like they're face to face kind of like they're like nah, you're not we're okay, you're not paying me enough. Like no, we're not. <laughs> Most of his movies look like if you gave a ten-year-old like three hundred bucks and a video camera, we're like, all right, go make a movie. And, and they're like, I'm and, a computer hacker and, and my Chevy celebrity and, and out in the desert. And then access to some exotic dancers and yep. just guys from the bus stop for for actors and actresses. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, I implore you check him out. Uh, Neil Breen's shit is fucking yep, fantastic. A CGI tiger, yep, or not even CGI, like stock footage tiger. That's yeah. kind of after effects in there. Our, I remember our gateway drug to that shit was uh, when I, you, you found I am here. Now. Now, the trailer uh, for it. it. No, it wasn't a trailer. Somebody cut the whole movie down to six minutes. So oh. it's just called I Am Here Now in six minutes. And it's just the choicest cuts of that fucking movie. Yeah, pretty much v- about pissed my pants and hyperventilated. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, watch that. And then if you like what you see, go find his other shit. You're not going to, like, like it. If you like it, like it, you're, you're fucked. You got to like it for what it is. Yeah. It's not It's not Citizen Kane. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, but, so but like one. It's of, great, though. I think it was Fateful Findings. I found out that was that was like had come out or whatever. Yeah. And so like oh, I, yeah. I was all drunk and I like I direct messaged him on Twitter because it looked like he uses Twitter kind of often. So I DM'd him on Twitter and I was like, Hey man, I'm a huge fan. I really want to get my hands on fa- on Fateful Findings. How do I do that? I can't find a place to buy it anywhere. And he just sends me a fucking hyperlink. So I clicked on it and it's like a 
a pop-up window. Like a Geosities page? <laughs> no, it was a, a PayPal. Oh. And it was like a pre a pre-filled in amount for like $37. And so, you know, it's like, it's like, you agree to pay Neil Breen uh, $37. And I was like, but there's no explanation. Wow. And I was like, fuck it. And I just hit it. And like two weeks later, I got a package in the mail and it was Faithful Findings on DVD. Whoa. But it was a burn DVD. With no label, really. With no label. And it came just like a slim jewel case. <laughs> and like a, no receipt or did it say? Nope. Nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking that the uh, contract that Neil uses for his actors and actresses in, in his in his things like instead of like you you agree to pay neil breen 46 dollars it's like neil breen agree, agrees to pay you 48 dollars to, <laughs> to, be to sign over the rights and be in this movie <laughs> neil breen agrees to pay you 80 dollars if you show your breasts on his movie <laughs> check yes or no no <laughs> anyways there's the breen family here and uh i don't know they're pretty close to vegas right now so mm-hmm. uh, on all tracks <laughs> There is a uh, Crispin Glover movie about the Donner Party. It's oh, not as get the exci- fuck out of here. Not as exciting as as Ravenous. No. Or I am here. Dot dot dot. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe brains like the last survive. Like he, for, he gained superpowers from eating the flesh of his relatives. Is <laughs> like the last surviving of the original Donner Party, just yeah. carrying on as some kind of wen- Wendy ghost, uh, real estate film creature. <laughs> Pure majesty of nature. Programmable virtual reality. The corrupt version. A limitless digital universe connecting all shared virtual reality. Digital tribes. I miss what I never knew. I'll take you out to dinner. Let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. Leave me alone. Let's have I a drink. Have a I'll meet you back here place. at 8 o'clock. I miss my brother. I'm with you. Programmable matter. Kuz's biological mutant warfare plans must be stopped. Who am I? What am I? It's a killer with unidentifiable DNA. So Eddie Foster and two others get to the lake. Uh, They go to the Murphy cabin first where they found the three youngest Donner girls and Levina Murphy and her son Simon and a feral looking Louis Kiesberg. Is this the part where they, when the guys show up and there's just people like just not giving a fuck anymore and just carrying around a leg? Oh, just like gnawing on arms just, and shit? No, I think they're carrying it to cook it and shit, but it's just like, as you or I might like pick up a lazy piece of firewood before, you know, they're just like trudging through the snow holding like, you know, from the knee down on with somebody's foot hanging off of it. <laughs> There's one point where one of the rescue parties just kind of walks into that and they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Because up until now, they've seen like signs yeah. that people have been having to resort to human flesh eating, but it's just, it's, you know... As you can probably tell, it's getting real bad down here by the... Mm-hmm. By the... Uh, Eddie and Foster look for their boys and demand to know what happened to them. Oh, you don't want to know. Uh, Kiesberg said flat out, they were dying and they were eaten. Eddie threatened to kill Kiesberg right there, but vowed to do it later in California, 
which he actually tried to do, but Reed stopped him. Yep. Uh, Tamzine Donner staggered through the woods in a daze and came to the cabin. Her children hugged her. This is uh, at the lake. Her so ch- she, ch- children? Children. But she seemed confused. Bit one. Uh, the men told him that uh, anybody who could travel should do so now. They picked up the Donner children. Levina Murphy turned away, not wanting to see her son Simon leave. Uh, Tamzine Donner was frantic. Eddie and Foster urged her to come with, but she wanted to go back to Alder Creek and make sure her husband was still alive. But they didn't want to spend another night there. Because it's kind of depressing. At Alder Creek, Elizabeth Donner was dead or soon would be. Uh, The only four members of the party left up at the lake were George and Tamzine Donner, Louise Kiesberg, and Levina Murphy. So several days later, they made it back to the Yuba where Woodworth was uh, camped. They told Woodworth that there were four people left up there, but Woodworth refused to go again, but the rest made it back to Johnson's Ranch. There we go. I just looked up, because uh, I'm just in my head, I'm like, this is like the worst KOA campground ever. People just walk around with oh, limbs yeah. and shit, but apparently there are a bunch of campgrounds up there now. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. it became a, like, na- not national mine, I think it's just a, a state park. Donner Memorial State Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four and a half stars. Ooh. <laughs> What's the... Yelp rating at the uh, cafeteria. <laughs> I know we're we're making a lot of low hanging fruit cannibal jokes here, but I, you just can't do this without doing that. Uh, William Eddy lost his entire family. William Foster had to tell Sarah that their only child was dead. Eight year old Simon Murphy had to tell his brother William Ten that their mother would more than likely not make it. Nancy Graves had to tell Sarah that the rest of their older siblings and their mother was dead and all their money was lost, and their brother Franklin was dead, leaving Sarah widowed and the head of a family of seven. Jesus. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, April 13th, one more expedition left Johnson's Ranch. This was more of a salvage operation. No shit. Uh, The two Donner families were said to have a bunch of silver and gold on them, so that's why they went back. Oh, Mm. Jesus Christ. Well, wait for it. Uh, William LaGrosse Fallon, a mountain man of prodigious... LaGrosse Fallon? Yep. His prodigious size, he led the expedition. So it's like an Andre the Giant mountain man with a... Okay, whatever. They decided that the children would get half the money they found, and the other half would go to the men who brought it back. William Foster went, too, to get whatever possessions he could. Uh, Reason Tucker went, too. Uh, April 17th, they made it up the truck to Truckee Lake. No one was there alive to find bones, skulls split open to get at brains. Ooh. Oh, finally thought about getting them brains. Uh, the men found not much worth carrying over the pass. They went to Alder Creek. At Donner's tent, they found a little kettle with hunks of human meat on it. They found George Donner's severed head with a skull split, o- split open. And his brains removed. They ransacked both Donner tents, but didn't find any money. There they camped for the night. Mm, yeah. Fuck that. In the morning, they found mysterious tracks in the snow. Uh-oh. They followed it back to the cabins, and shockingly, they found Keysburg alive. Oh, shocks. Lying in a heap of human remains next to a pan of brains <laughs> and liver. Jesus. <laughs> the men demanded to know where Tamzine was. Uh, Kiesberg said, dead and eaten up. 
So Keysburg's just been kind of laying there eating everybody. They, he's probably the closest, you know, without the windy. Well, he's kind of the closest to like the guy that plays Begbie in oh, the yeah. Ravenous. He's kind of become that. Fuck. So in his cabin, they found silks and jewelry and a couple of George Donner's pistols. So he's eating everybody and also their lo- looting their shit. Dude, holy shit. Like, I'm going to survive and I'm going to be rich. <laughs> they searched Keysburg and found $225 in gold coins. Whoa. They took the money and told Keysburg he'd hang for this in California. Fuck. Uh, Keysburg said Tamzine went out to go over the pass but fell in the river and came back and died that night. Before she died, she told them where the money was and to get it to the children. Uh, Suspicious and disgusted and frustrated, they left Keysburg alone and returned to Alder Creek to pack up the Donner's belongings and brought them to the lake. By now, they were convinced Keysburg had murdered Tamzine Donner for food and concealed the rest of the money. Which some people tend to agree. (laughs) Uh, When they got back to Keysburg, they tied her noose around his neck and tightened it. Keysburg finally cried out that he'd shown them where the money was if they didn't kill him. The next morning, they returned with $273 in silver. Keysburg buried near the tent. The men carried the stuff back in relays. Uh, Keysburg limped along on foot that was still bad from the trip across the prairie. Several days out, Keysburg saw some cloth sticking out of the snow. Claws? Cloth. Cloth. He tugged on it, and it was his daughter, Ada. Uh, and then a few days later, they're back at Johnson's Ranch. Fuck. So out of the 87 people, 47 had died. More of the men than the women. Uh, April 7th, Sutter asked James Reed to draw up what he owed him for the rescue. Graves' family share was $89, which they didn't have. Margaret Reed did promise them four oxen back at the lake. Uh, Reed, though penniless, when he got there, he did well because he owned land in Santa Clara Valley. Oh, because he had negotiated that shit mm-hmm. when he went out to fight the Mexican-American That's war? fucking crazy. He went to go fight the Mexican-American <laughs> war like mm-hmm. while, while this shit's all going hey, on. Hey, you got to have some money. For, you got to have a little uh, steak built for your family when you get reunited after they've been eating each other for months. <laughs> and he began to wheel and deal in real estate. One of his first transactions was to buy a herd of horsies. And his partner was Lansford Hastings. Oh, shit. Uh, Sarah Graves was poor, remained in Sutter's Fort. Neither one-year-old Elizabeth or, or seven-year-old Jonathan had never really recovered. By the end of the summer, both were dead. Oh, shit. Uh, Sarah became a school teacher. She, uh, a year later, married William Dill Ritchie, one of the men that carried the goods uh, up At the rescue room. Okay. Then Richie got arrested for stealing two mules. God damn it. He died when he was hung, trying to give up the name (laughs) of his co-conspirators. He died when he was hung. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Obvious. Uh, Richie said he won the mules in a bet. Uh, So Sarah was again a widow with two new toddlers. Shit. 1855, she married Samuel Spires, a good, kindly man. She died March 28th, 1871. Sarah died at age 46. Her heart gave out. No, you know. That happens. Hate to say it, probably for the best, because all that was going to happen is the good, kindly man was going to have lightning hit him or a train come through their house and decapitate him. (laughs) Uh, 1891, a prospector found the silver up in the mountains that her mother had hid. 
He kept half and gave the other half to the descendants of the Graves family. Oh, wow. Kiesberg lived to 1895, mm-hmm. publicly Shoot. reviled as cannibal and murderer. I was say, pr- pretty popular with everybody all the <laughs> yeah, time. right. He died penniless and friendless and survived by only one daughter, I guess. Lansford Hastings had an interesting life. He hatched a plan to take goods up the Colorado to the Mormon settlement in South uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, never mind, no one knew exactly what the Grand Canyon was like. <laughs> it'll he also be, fought it'll for be the, easy, just like the fucking pass. He also fought for the Confederacy. Oh, gross. Uh. He cooked up a scheme to conquer the Southwest for the South. And after the war, he set out to create a Confederate colony in Brazil. Oh, he's one of the Confeder- <laughs> Confederados, huh? And he sat down and wrote the Immigrant's Guide to Brazil. Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to Brazil. And he died on a ship on the way to Brazil. Oh, there you so go. So at least he got his eventually. Jesus. Oh, fuck. So not everybody died. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're all dead now, but... I think there uh, is a point, actually, you're talking about Keysburg. I think he did actually, at one point, like, buy a hotel or some shit, but it, like, burned down, like, the next year. And that was the thing, is, like, it's if... Well, people would stay there and not know, you know? And then people would like, why are you staying at Keysburg's hotel? He's a fucking cannibal. What are you doing? Like, really? You know, like... Damn. But, yeah. So, little, little more in depth. Yeah, holy party. shit! I know, dude. I know that's some dense stuff. There's a lot of names that appear and recur and just appear once and stuff like that. But yeah, and like I said, I apologize to the audience, but you can't do this story without the low hanging fruit cannibal stuff. You oh yeah, just really can't. No fucking way. But even though, like, there's just a lot more going on than just that, and like, poor decisions become different poor decisions which then became impossible decisions which then lead to insane decisions yeah and uh just not knowing what the fuck you're doing just trusting everything you read yeah it's like the halloween episode of uh uh, the increasingly poor decisions of todd margaret yes only just digging yourself a fucking hole well and it's like some of them started like wising up but then they're like too long along the trail to really do much about it i'm sorry I, i would like to think that you know, once you knew it was like that late in the year, and you're all of a sudden in this fucking salt pan, and it's yeah, it's like we're going back to su- yep. southern back Florida. to civilization. Yeah. We'll try this shit next year. Yeah, or or, or this was great. We're yeah. going back to Missouri. <laughs> yeah, right. But the thing you just don't do is you know, oh, it's going to be snowy when we hit the mountains. Let's bring our giant two story wagon and all our shit. <laughs> That's fucking wild. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what a two-story wagon looks like. Well, I'm excited. They I'm going to go find one. They didn't make a lot of them, I'm sure, because yeah. it's highly impractical and stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the real. But anyway, that's a, probably kind of an extended play uh, episode. Huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that one definitely is. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, happy, yeah. happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hope you listen to that while you're enjoying dinner. <laughs> We're nothing if not a digestive aid. Yeah. Well, I think instead of eating each other here, we should probably just go out in a hail of gunfire. Oops. Well, Fire I did gun. it wrong. Yeah, close enough. That doesn't preclude anybody from getting eaten because <laughs> it depends on who wins the hail of gunfire. But anyway, bye. Bye.